yo! Welcome in to the Fantasy Bros NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. Joining me as always is my brother and bro, baby Jake. Jake, what do you got for him? What is up, y'all? Thanks for joining us for another great episode on this fine morning. Yeah, we're hoping. And it is a fine morning. It's about 6 a.m. on Friday. We're here at the shop, my other home. We're going to lay it down. Today, we're going to go through player models for the weekend and build a cash lineup. Jake has a little vacation this weekend. He's going to be out of state. That's why we're knocking it out here in the morning. And then I'll be doing the review Sunday by myself. We'll see how that goes. So that being said, before we get into it, make sure you guys like the video, subscribe to the page, ring the bell so you get notified anytime we drop new content. I'm trying to build a little following here and keep this going. So any support helps. And with that said, let's jump into it here into our models. Anybody that's seen this show or listened to the podcast is familiar with what we got going on here. This is the Fantasy Labs model. This is a model that I put together and I've actually made some tweaks to it since last Sunday. So we're going to start off here at the quarterback position. We're sorted by my rating over here. We'll kind of talk about some things that jump out to us and then look at the ceiling projections, plus minus and ownership. Jake, why don't you kick things off? At the top there, as you can see, we got the guy. Basically, the two cheat codes at the top there. We got Lamar Jackson this week projected for the highest ceiling on the slate. And it looks like the guy's got the best projected plus minus by far out of anyone there. Yeah, and highest projected ownership. And projected ownership. So this guy's going to be a popular play. We talked about him earlier in the week when we looked at DK salary changes. 7,300 is just too cheap for a guy with that ceiling. And like Jake mentioned, 40-point ceiling. I don't think I've seen a ceiling that high yet this year. I mean, that's incredible. And to be coming in at under 8K, let alone 9K, I mean, he's $7,300. You can stack him with Mark Andrews, stack him with Marquise Brown. They're playing Minnesota at home, running back with Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson. you got a narrow target tree on the other side. Love him. Next up here, like Jake said, we got these two guys on their own tier, Jalen Hurts. He's coming in at 6,700. He's back under that 7K range. Anytime he's below 7K, we love playing him. We even played him last week at 72. He's got a 34-point ceiling. And he's coming in at sub-10% projected ownership. So I'm sure we'll be putting him in our cash lineup like we do every week. And playing against the Chargers, depending on uh, what you expect from that game, he might be someone you could stack with Goddard, potentially. Maybe Devonta Smith, running back with Keenan Allen. Mike Williams going against that zone coverage. It might be a Mike Williams game. Jake, what are your thoughts? Yeah, with Jalen Hurts... It's uh, definitely a better matchup for him for passing this week. I don't feel like their rushing game is going to be as insane as it was last week. Granted, the Chargers are horrible against the run. I just don't imagine them reproducing the same, same uh, stat line they did last week for rushing. So I feel like Hurts will definitely have to unveil that arm and look for some targets toward Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. It's coming in here, 34-point ceiling. So, I mean, that's a huge difference there between him and Lamar Jackson. But he also has a pretty high floor, being a rushing mobile quarterback. Next on the list here, we got Josh Allen coming in at $8,200. So he's the most expensive quarterback on the slate, but he's also having himself a video game stat-type season. Coming in at a 39-point ceiling. So, again, I mean, these are some of the highest ceilings we've seen this year from a quarterback. Um, also coming in at just under 14% projected ownership, playing at Jacksonville. Jake, what are your thoughts on Josh Allen? 
Uh, I feel like he's going to destroy the Jaguars this week. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine anything else happening but that. I'm sure he'll get it done through the air, on the ground, really whatever means necessary. I anticipate them getting up big early and then resorting to the ground game. So I'm thinking his uh, game could end up maybe like what we've seen Matt Stafford in the past lately, something similar to that effect where he gets three touchdowns maybe in the first half and then they cool it off and I could see him getting benched in the fourth quarter. Yeah, could be a Trubisky game (laughs) if you want to get real contrarian. No, I completely agree with all that. Next on the list here, Patrick Mahomes, 7,800. Mahomes is not having a Patrick Mahomes type of season. And his salary reflects that. Coming in, this is one of the first times he's been under 8K in years. Um, 35-point ceiling, and we obviously know he can go above that. Coming in at only 5.5% ownership against Green Bay. Jake, what are your thoughts there? Kind of shocked with his ownership. I mean, it's just... I don't know. It's a surprise with it. We, we drop that name, Patrick Mahomes, and you just assume that he will ball out and, yeah, be in the 8K or higher range, but he just mm-hmm. hasn't produced. He's been very turnover-prone this season. With them playing Green Bay, I feel like he's got to put up some numbers, though. I'm sure it'll be. Yeah. We're just Sorry to cut you off. No, yeah, no, looking over here. They do have 27 and a half implied team points. Green Bay is going to be without Aaron Rodgers. They're only projected 20 and a half. So this game has a 48 point over under and the Chiefs are still seven and a half point favorites. Those are typically quarterbacks we like to target. Mm-hmm. If it's a high over under and their team is projected significantly more. So something to keep in mind too. But yeah, continue. Yeah, I just envision them or him having a big game. He's got so many weapons on offense. I mean, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are two of the best at their position in the game. Mm-hmm. Green Bay defense is okay, nothing special. So I could see him turning around maybe. He just seems to break some of the bad tendencies he's been doing this year. Seems like he's been just throwing up a predetermined like deep ball when he steps up to the line, and that has not been faring too well. He keeps getting picked off with that move, so... Yeah, the guy has elite arm talent, generational talent, but it really does look like they're playing football at recess out there. they got to get back to the basics. Next on the list here, and again, we're sorted by my kind of custom model here on Fantasy Labs, but Derek Carr coming in at 5,900. They're going to be playing at the Giants. Now, he only has a 32-point ceiling. Typically, we're shooting for something closer to 35 when we're playing tournaments. Um, Also, Las Vegas obviously going to be without Henry Ruggs this week, so that kind of makes it easier to stack, right? Mm-hmm. You know you're going with Waller, and you got Renfro. You don't really have to even worry about anybody else stepping in. Brian Edwards has been on the field all year, but he hasn't really been targeted. He's been more running go routes, getting his wind sprints in. But that's interesting that he pops like that in the rating here, um, coming in under 5% ownership. And they are three-point favorites on the road against the Giants. I don't know what your thoughts on him. I could see him having a pretty good day. With uh, Ruggs out, it looks like Zay Jones will step in. And him and Derek Carr already have pretty good chemistry, so I don't feel mm-hmm. like they're going to miss a whole lot there with that. I mean, the speed, obviously. Ruggs is a burner, um, one of the fastest guys in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what the news is on Darren Waller. I think all signs are saying maybe he'll be back right now, but it hasn't been announced yet. Right. Um, Right. So, he rolled his ankle in practice last Friday and then was a late scratch. 
I haven't heard if he's been practicing this week or not. We'll have to check on that when we get to the tight ends. Uh, yeah, if, if Waller's a go, I feel like Carr does have a pretty good matchup here against the Giants. Their defense isn't anything spectacular, so I could see him having a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Keep coming down the list here. We got Dak Prescott. That's back to that 35-point ceiling. This is what we're looking for. Coming in at 6,900, so under 7K. This is an elite MVP caliber quarterback, um, right around 7% ownership, and they are 10-point favorites playing Denver at home. So I think we kind of touched on him with the DK salary episode. Um, being heavy favorites like that, playing against a team that has a terrible rush defense, they might just lean on Zeke. But Dallas has a ton of weapons, and we know what Dak can do. So he's still going to be in my player pool. What do you think? Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of Dak this week. I feel like the matchup just is booming for the Cowboys. I mean, you can go with anyone there on their side of the ball. Zeke, Cooper, Lamb, Dak. I feel like you can't go wrong with them this week. Denver's defense is shredded right now. I mean, Bradley Chubb's been out. They just traded Von Miller away. So they're going to have no pass rush on him. He should have all day to throw. Secondary is decent for uh, the Broncos. They have Simmons at safety and then Sertan at corner. So I imagine one of the receivers, though, should do at least really, really well. Maybe the other guy does just well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then maybe even Dalton Schultz. He could get in the mix. He's been kind of quiet the past couple weeks. Maybe he finds his way into the red zone this week as well with that. Absolutely, yeah. Let's kind of run through this here now. We got Herbert. He's been a favorite of ours all year, coming in at 7K. 33 and a half point ceiling. So that's kind of that borderline, but you know who you compare him with. And Jared Cook's coming in pretty cheap this week. I believe he's only 3,400. The Chargers are playing at Philadelphia, one and a half point favorites on the road. Could be an interesting game to play. Um, we got Tua coming in at 5,800, playing Houston. I got a feeling he'll be a pretty popular stack. And it looks like our projections just got updated. So Tua just dropped below Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones coming in at 5,600 in that Las Vegas game. Lower ceiling, higher ownership. So it appears that Las Vegas-New York Giants game might get steamed up and be one of those that people target. But Tua playing against Houston. Um, he's been in a couple winning lineups this year. Someone mm-hmm. you can definitely play. Stack him with Kiseki, Waddle, Parker's back. Are you got any yeah, say, I think it was uh, – was it last week they played Atlanta? Or two weeks ago? Whatever that week was, that's when Tua, I think, had – Maybe two weeks ago. I don't remember for yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll say that was the week when he was in some of the winning lineups mm-hmm. that we were seeing for, like, Millie Maker and other contests out there. Yeah, and he's still under 6K, so definitely a viable option. Daniel Jones with the Giants. I'm not sure what the receiving core is looking like this week. I believe Tony's back. I'm not sure about Shepard. I think Slayton is out. So, with the Giants, you just kind of got to see who's healthy with the receivers. But, honestly, any of them can go off. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Tony's coming in at 5,200. Shepard's been in the mid-5K range this year. Um, Evan Ingram's even sub-4K, but I think everybody knows how I feel about him. Not touching him. We'll keep coming through. Kirk Cousins here at 6,200. Um, they're in that Baltimore game, so he's under 1% owned because everybody's going up to Lamar. So that is a way that you could get a stack in that game and be contrarian by playing him. Just under a 32-point ceiling. Obviously doesn't have the rushing floor. I wouldn't recommend him for cash games. But Kirk Cousins has been a viable tournament player for years now. Yeah, he's a great option, I feel like. 
with that Baltimore game, their secondary has had some holes in it time and time again. And with Minnesota, Kirk has so many options. Dalvin Cook's back, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Uh, some amazing offensive weapons to have at your arsenal. So I imagine Kirk could have himself a game this week. Yep, absolutely. And that game um, has a pretty high over-under. Let's see what we're looking at here. Just under 50, it looks like, right around 50. So that's a game we're going to be targeting. Um, and then we got a few more guys here in that kind of upper tier. You got Kyler Murray um, playing at San Francisco. Kyler's coming in at 7,900, 31 point ceiling. I think he's dealing with an ankle injury. Mm-hmm. And I think he's been dealing with shoulder injuries all year. But when Kyler Murray's 100% health, that dude's ceiling is 50 points. I mean, that guy is a slate breaker. So we want to check on his health. Um, the over under, it looks like it's a 45 point over under. So. They're not expecting a ton of scoring in that game, and there might not need to be. The way San Francisco's been playing lately, Arizona might just, you know, win this game 24 to 10. Yeah. And that's it. Who knows? Burrow coming in at 6,800, ceiling of 34 points, 1% ownership playing division rival Cleveland at home. That's interesting to me. Um, it looks like it's a 40, what, 7, 46, 47 point over under. So just below that 48 point threshold, but. The Bengals are projected 20, just under 25 points. So that's that's interesting, especially with that ownership, that ceiling. We know what weapons he has. Jake, what are your thoughts on Burrow? Yeah, I'm surprised there. I mean, his ceiling's pretty high, especially coming at that price. I mean, he's under 7K. Ownership is really low. It's like you can see here on uh, the leverage for him is extremely high. I think it looks like it's the highest out of the quarterbacks right now that we're looking at as of now. These things can change, so in the next day or two. Yep, and yeah, Jake, that's a great point. This leverage rating we haven't mentioned yet, but this is also a great way to find value. Um, It weighs projected points, salary, and ownership, and spits out this number between zero and 100% to give you a good value play. So I think Burrow's worth consideration. Um, And now we're getting into like large field tournament, just shots in the dark plays. You got Jordan Love coming in at 4,400. Aaron Rodgers is out this week playing at Kansas City. If that turns into a shootout and they trust Jordan Love to pass the ball, I mean, you're not going to find a starting quarterback cheaper than that all year. Um, Bridgewater, I'm not really too interested in him playing at Dallas, but he is only 5,300. Jerry Judy's back. And then below him, Terod Taylor um, was announced as starting quarterback this week for Houston. He's back from injury at a cool 5K playing against Miami. Um, Something worth considering, I guess. Again, these guys are – Large field tournament plays. I'm not going to play them in cash games. I'm not going to play them in any sort of smaller midfield tournaments. But if you want to get extremely contrarian, I think that's about where it would end for me. Jake, you yeah, got thoughts? Not, Anything down I'm here? I'm not even really considering any of those things. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not either. Unless I'm playing the Millie Maker, and even then, I think I'd probably talk myself off of it. Yeah. So let's jog over here to running back now. We'll check these guys out. Again, sorted by rating. Up at the top, we got Ezekiel Elliott, Dallas playing against Denver at home. 26-point ceiling, 7K, 28% ownership. This guy's going to be owned in every cash line game that I imagine. Um, and I think he's a good tournament play as well. I don't mind playing chalky running backs in tournaments, mm-hmm. especially when they got ceilings like that and floors like that. 14-point floor, 26-point ceiling, 7K. Lock him in. Yeah. Set it and forget it because – he is going to be a guy that might break the slate this week. 
there's a good chance. Out of all the running backs we're seeing there, I think he has the best matchup by far. Like we were saying, the spread on that one, too. They're favored by 10 points. So when you, your team gets ahead big like that, you can imagine you're going to run the ball a whole lot during the game. Yeah. And Zeke's pretty much – he's game script proof. It doesn't matter. I mean, we project them to have the lead. They're 10-point favorites. But if they do fall behind, he's a good pass blocker. He can catch the ball. He's in on every down. He's in every down back. Tony Pollard essentially comes in when Zeke gets gassed. Mm-hmm. Tony Pollard isn't their third down back. Zeke is their third down back. We'll keep moving along here. Dalvin Cook in that Minnesota-Baltimore game at 7,700. We all know Dalvin Cook's ceiling, too. I mean, it says it's 24 here, but Cook can, he can get you 35, 40 points in any given week. Coming in at 15% ownership, I like it. I think that's fair price. Yeah, no, I feel like that's a good price for him. Good spot for him. I, I don't feel like a lot of people have been talking about him lately, too, so... I feel like he could get slept on. Even that ownership, I'm thinking, might be high for him, but we'll see. I could mm-hmm. see him being a guy that a lot of people forget about, and he could have himself a day. So, Yeah, and I think a lot of people will want to be running passing stacks. So mm-hmm. it'll be the Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, run it back with Jefferson or Thielens. I agree with Jake. I'm surprised to see that 15% ownership, but I think he's definitely worth it. And in tournaments – you know, i got to ask myself, is Dalvin Cook going to be in 15% of the winning lineups? I think he's going to be in more than that. I think yeah. Dalvin Cook's good for 20 points minimum. He's projected 18.3, but I think he's going to get you 20 points at least. And like we just mentioned, he can get you 30, 35, 40. So, yeah, that ownership's not scaring me away. I love the price. I love the matchup. Come down Nick Chubb, 6700 so $1,000 cheaper. They're playing at Cincinnati. They are 2.5 points underdogs on the road but Chubb's the entire offense they just announced that Cleveland is releasing Odell Beckham Jr. today they hadn't really been passing all that much anyway uh, Baker Mayfield is banged up last week Dearness Johnson uh, ran a touchdown in from the 10 yard line otherwise it's the Nick Chubb show with Kareem Hunt out so he's coming in here 14% ownership 22 point ceiling Jake thoughts on him yeah Chubb really good guy this week I feel like he's He's another running back you can lock into your cash lineup. With that price point and the amount of volume he's getting right now, Kareem Hunt out, and like you just said, Odell got dropped. He's only going to get more touches. I mean, he'll probably, I bet, squeak out one to three more touches through the air. Like, he might catch a pass, or he's going to be running it. Mm-hmm. Next guy we got there, Aaron Jones. Say Going against Kansas City this week, he's 7,200. Good ceiling on him. He's at 22 points. Ownership for him is fairly low. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people are scared of him now with Aaron Rodgers out. We don't know what to expect from Jordan Love. This will be either a big coming out party for Jordan Love or never going to see you again, Jordan Love. Yeah, this is his audition right here. I am shocked to see his ownership that low. I think Aaron Jones is a much better play than Nick Chubb. They're playing at Kansas City with Aaron Rodgers out. I feel like they're going to be relying on Aaron Jones. He can carry the ball. He can catch passes. He'll be a nice little safety valve for Jordan Love to get going. And Aaron Jones has that four-touchdown upside. Mm -hmm. In a game that I don't know if it'll necessarily be a shootout, but these are two high-powered offenses. So we'll see what Jordan Love's capable of doing, but I feel like Aaron Jones is a safe bet regardless. I'm shocked. So that ownership, you can see his leverage percentage over here at 97%. So – the model's feeling the same way. I mean, he's popping. I got a feeling that projected ownership is going to go up over the next few days before Sunday. But great play. Aaron Jones, 7,200. Next up, Austin Eckler, 
7,900 playing at Philadelphia. Philadelphia's got a pretty porous run defense, right? Yes. So, yeah, Eckler, who's also a pass catching back, which gives him that high floor, 25, just under 26 point ceiling, um, and just under 22% projected ownership. Jake, you're the Eagles guy here. What do you, what do you think? I feel like Eckler is another guy this week that you could potentially lock in your catch lineup. Philadelphia, like you just said, rush defense, really poor. They're giving up, I think, over four yards per carry right now to running backs. And Eckler isn't just any normal running back. He's a guy that just a bulldozer. I mean, the guy is a muscle hamster (laughs) to a T. He he makes Doug Martin not look like the muscle hamster. (laughs) And Eckler, I feel like he's going to have himself a day. Give some relief to Herbert. Herbert, last two, three weeks, hasn't done as amazing as he was the other week when he's dropping like 20-something points, 30 points, 40 points on the reg. Came back down to earth. Came back down to earth. So I feel like they're going to rely more and more on Eckler, their head coach. We've all seen his little uh, press conference after the game. He straight up told everybody he loves the run game. So mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to try and establish that this week with the Eagles' defense, rush defense being pretty poor. Yep, I agree. Um, next up here, this kind of finishes off that top tier of running backs. We got Alvin Kamara coming in 8,200. Jameis Winston's out for the year. You got to imagine they're going to be relying a little more heavily on Kamara as if they weren't already. They're playing Atlanta at home, six and a half point favorites, even without Winston. And Kamara, 23 point ceiling, just under 14% ownership. Um, I don't know, nothing really jumping out at me. I just think he's a solid play. Mm hmm. I think he's a phenomenal play. A bigger thing for me, I guess, to decide where he will be at is who starts at quarterback. If Taysom Hill starts, I think they're going to run the ball more, and that's going to play even more in Alvin Kamara's flavor, where if uh, Trevor Simeon gets the start, I think Alvin Kamara's still going to have a great game. I just think he'll (laughs) maybe have a few less touches. So that's a big thing for me, I guess. If Taysom Hill starts... I feel like Alvin Kamara, I'm going to push him to be in more lineups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be afraid to play Kamara because they just have it in their head. Well, Taysom Hill's going to be more involved now. He's going to get more goal line carries. They're going to run more packages featuring him. But they were already doing that when Jameis was playing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of been a thorn in Kamara's side all year. So I don't see that really getting any worse. It could, but I, don't, I think that the field is going to overreact. So depending on his ownership, you know, come Sunday morning – like I said, I think 14% is fair, but if it gets below 10%, I think I'm going to be running him in quite a few lineups. And that kind of does it for that top tier. Um, next up, you got a few guys, Zach Moss, Chase Edmonds, Javante Williams. Those are guys coming in. What do we got? Moss at 5,300, Edmonds at 53, Javante at 48. So that's that kind of no man's land of running back. You know, these guys get double-digit touches a game, but they aren't the featured pieces of their offense um zach moss is in a high-powered offense which is why i think that he's you know popping so much in the ratings but they don't they don't really use him all that much josh allen vultures touchdowns they pass way above expected so i think it's just because they're such heavy favorites 14 and a half point favorites at jacksonville 31 and a half implied team points someone's got to get those points could be moss Edmonds, kind of same deal. Him and James Conner split touches. Kyler Murray, we know what he's capable of. He's also a mobile quarterback. So it's one of those things at 5,300, the price seems cheap, high-powered offense. Do you want to go down and plug Edmonds in? And Edmonds catches passes. And then Javante Williams, that's just one of those rookie running backs we've been high on all season. 
We're waiting for him to break out. Melvin Gordon's looked great too, though. So unless Denver just really decides they're going into rebuild mode, uh, Melvin Gordon's in a contract year. Maybe he just decides he wants to sit and, you know, not get worn out before his free agency. So I don't know. None of those three guys really jump out to me, although they are popping in the rating. Any of those guys going to be in any of your uh, lineups this weekend? Um, maybe Zach Moss. Maybe rotate him in a little bit. Just like you were saying, Buffalo, I think they'll be a head by so much that I could see Josh Allen getting benched, I guess. And that's that's how I would want that game script to go if I'm playing a Zach Moss in a lineup. Yeah. Now, the way I look at it from lineup construction, you know, he does have a 17-point ceiling, and everything Jake said I agree with. But I see this almost 11.5% ownership, and I just don't see Zach Moss being in 11.5% of the winning lineups. Mm-hmm. I don't see it. It's possible, but if the slate played out a 1,000 times, I don't think he's in the winning lineup over 100 of those times. Yeah. Some guys down further there that I do like, um, Elijah Mitchell and Cordero Patterson. Mm-hmm. Those are two guys. Love them. I feel like they're good plays this week. You got Elijah Mitchell at 5,800 and Cordero Patterson at 6,300. Matchup is tough for Cordero being at New Orleans, but they just don't have any options. I mean, it's him or Pitts. I feel like that's where the targets and the touches are going to go to. Yeah, and Cordero Patterson is kind of a cheat code. I don't think they're going to line him up at running back, and I don't think they're going to line him up at receiver, strictly. He's going to be all over the field. Arthur Smith showed in Tennessee that he does have a creative mind when it comes to offensive play calling. So i got to imagine they're going to manufacture touches for Cordero Patterson. They're going to get creative. Um, He might be their best playmaker. You know, Kyle Mm -hmm. Pitts is obviously a raw, just freak athlete. But Cordero Patterson has been a staple of the offense. So I agree with Jake. New Orleans has a stout run D. But I don't think Cordell Patterson is your prototypical running back. So I think, uh, yeah, he's totally a football agree. player. He's a football like player. That's right. They'll get him involved. Elijah Mitchell, yeah, he's just asserted himself as the RB one in San Francisco. We know how much San Francisco likes to run. He's coming in at fifty eight hundred, eighteen point ceiling, under ten percent ownership. I think he'll be a great tournament play. And then we kind of come down. Not really a whole lot else jumping out at me. Um, looking at the plus minus here. Miles Gaskin and Damian Harris both pop. Um, Gaskin, 5,800. Harris, 6K. Harris doesn't catch passes, but they do like to get him his 15 to 20 carries, and he's their goal line back. They're playing at Carolina, um, and it looks like they're four-point favorites on the road. So being a favorite and coming in at a little higher salary than we've seen all year, looks like it's pushing his ownership down to 6%. I think that's a good tournament play too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Damian Harris. He's been a guy that... He has been getting a lot of touchdowns. I mean, like you just said, when they're in the red zone or near the goal line, he's the guy getting the carries. Great leverage rating, too, 96%. Yeah. And then, like I mentioned, Gaskin, so he's coming in at 5,800. They're playing Houston as five-and-a-half-point favorites. His projected ownership is 20%. Which I'm shocked. I So I don't want to touch any of the Miami running backs. It's a committee there, so it's – it's hard to say who's going to have the day out of them. Malcolm Brown is out, but him and uh, Salvin Ahmed, they split carries. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like you can decide the one comes in on third down or first down or second down. They just – it looks like they're just taking turns on series is what they have them on rotation for. And then you got Patrick Laird coming in the mix now too. So they're a full <laughs> committee even with Malcolm Brown out. 
Yeah. So I, just, I don't want to touch anything there. I can't believe his ownership's that high. Yep. I would rather not play Gaskin on a week he goes off than play him on a week he doesn't. You know what I mean? Like at 5,800, there's other viable options there. And at 20% ownership, miss me with that. I'm not yeah. touching it. That's an easy thing to fade. Yeah, completely agree. And maybe there's some news that broke that we don't know about because I, I just don't understand a 20% ownership for Miles Gaskin. So we'll keep our eyes on that. Maybe there's some injuries that we aren't privy to. Other than that, really the only other person that's popping out here with very much green over here in the projections plus minus ownership is Joe Mixon. Um, we know what he did against the Jets last week. I think people are they still have that fresh in their minds. But coming in at 7,100 against Cleveland, um, 8% projected ownership. Like, I would just get up to Aaron Jones for $100 more or go down to Chubb at 6,700. So, Mixon, um, not really doing it for me. What are your thoughts? No, I'm not too huge on that price. I think he's maybe just gone a little too expensive for the numbers he's been producing. So, Hard for me to want to roll with that, and then his ownership, too, is fairly high for that price point and his value. Yeah, totally agree. Well, that'll do it for running backs. Let's check out receivers. All right, so starting off with receivers, um, nothing really surprising here with the release of Henry Ruggs. Hunter Renfro shot to the top of the ratings. Coming in at 4,800, he's got a 20-point ceiling. And playing in the slot and just being a target monster, he's got a pretty high floor, too. It only says 9.4, but you got to, I mean, you're going to get double digit points from Red for every week. 23% ownership. I think he's a great cash play. I think if you're going to stack that Las Vegas Giants game, you got to play him. But as a one off piece, I don't know. That ownership kind of scares me away. You know, you're not going to get a 30 point game from him, I can't imagine. So you're looking at, you're going to get that 15 to 20 points. You're guaranteed 15 to 20 points. That's how I look at it. Yeah, I can't imagine him doing a 30-point game. It just doesn't seem viable for the guy. He's not a deep threat at all, so you're not going to see like a big 50-yard 50, 50 touchdown catch or anything like that. He's a guy that runs over the slot mm -hmm. and over the middle of the field like 10 yards or less, it seems like. Yeah. But that being said, at 4,800, you know, he only needs 20 points to 4X, and that's mm -hmm. what you're looking for in tournaments. So I take back everything I said, hit the lock button, play Renfro, next <laughs> up. <laughs> we got DJ Moore. This is someone we were high on early in the week. Uh, the quarterback situation is unfortunate because DJ Moore is an absolute stud, and he's down this week to $6,400. So that's someone that I, I just I really want to play him, but 16% ownership. We don't know if Darnold's going to pass concussion protocol. We don't know if he's – like whether he's injured or not is that even a quarterback that you want thrown to your receivers so love the talent love the price new england don't hate the matchup you know they're four and a half point underdogs so they should be passing and regardless dj moore is their best player when mccaffrey's out so mm -hmm. i think mccaffrey is coming back this week but we'll see how they use him you know coming off of injury yeah dj moore i love love his talent and everything they just carolina's not been getting it done lately don't know who's at quarterback, so that makes it hard to decide. Well, I mean, we'll have to make a better decision here once we approach game time there. Yep. Uh, the matchup, though, with New England, they typically shut down the number one of the opposing team. So I'm, I don't know, not too keen on playing DJ Moore this week. Seems like he is a fan favorite, though, with his ownership being at 16 there. Fairly high. 
I'm probably going to try and stay away from him. I'll keep him in my pool, of course, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll be pushing to get him into a lot of lineups. Yeah, I know I just sound like a broken record, but I love the talent and I love the price, so it's going to be hard for me not to play him. But unless that ownership gets down you know, below 12 to 10%, I don't know. I'm going to be on the fence. Next up, Amari Cooper, 5,700, playing Denver. You know, this is a game we've been talking quite a bit about, not that we necessarily love the game for stacks, with Dallas being 10-point favorites, but, you know, they're projected to score 30 points and someone's got to do it. Now, I imagine Sertain will be shadowing Cooper, so I don't know how you feel about that. Something to consider. Cooper coming in with a 22-point ceiling and 22% projected ownership. What do you think? Yeah, it's a tough matchup for sure, but with that price... This is now where I'm like, I feel like you can't pass it up. Like DJ Moore, we were saying, you know, 6,400. Mari Cooper, I feel like, is just as good, if not better, than DJ Moore, and he's even cheaper. So it's just hard for me to pass up Amari Cooper here. I feel like he's in an amazing spot. He's got his starting QB back. He even played really well last week with uh, Cooper Rush or Connor Rush. I can't say. I I can't remember their backup. Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush, but I was like, Cooper – had a great game with him even. Yeah, I don't see anything slowing him down. I mean, with Dak back in the lineup, Amari's a burner, and he can run any route at any position on the field. So that's what's great about their offense this year is him and CeeDee Lamb are basically interchangeable at any position, and Gallup when he's healthy, and I believe he's back this week too. I think you're right. And something else to consider here, so you can get Amari Cooper for $700 cheaper, and their team is projected to score or cheaper than DJ Moore. And Dallas is projected to score 10 more points than Carolina. Yeah. So, you know, in a 1v1 right there, it seems like Cooper's got the edge. Now, he's also coming in at 22% ownership, whereas Moore's at 16%. But in cash games, that's fine. Ain't no problem. Ain't no thing. Next up, we got Tyreek Hill coming in at 7,900. So, again, those Chiefs players are just dropping in salary like crazy. Uh, Tyreek Hill's already had a couple 40-point games this year. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a play. Coming in at 20, just under 21% ownership. 27-point ceiling. I believe that's the highest on the slate. Looks like by quite a bit. Yeah, I don't see anybody else even at 20. Well, we got Stephon Diggs at 25. Yeah, Jamar Chase at 25. So that ceiling is just unprecedented right there. Um, Definitely worth playing. They're playing Green Bay. In a game where they are seven-point favorites and projected to score 27.5 points. So, definitely a play there. Let's kind of keep moving along. We spent a lot of time on those top guys. Um, Jake, yeah, let me know if anybody jumps out here. I like Marquise Brown a lot. He uh, is super cheap this week, too, at 6K. Ownership's really low, so he's a good leverage play there. Perfect guy to stack with Lamar Jackson if you're rolling with him in your lineup as well. Cash. I mean, you could play him in cash, I feel like, too. He's got a pretty high ceiling there at 22 points. Could be a guy that sets you apart from the rest of the field, maybe. I mean, this is just blowing my mind right now. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's the most heavily owned quarterback on the slate. So you got to imagine people are going to want to be stacking him. And then his top receiver, at only 6K. If he had caught a few more catches earlier this year, he'd be right up there in the 7K range. So underpriced in my opinion, and he's coming in at 7% ownership. I, I just, I don't know, there's got to be a glitch. This can't be right. And I'm taking a look here, too, because I was wondering about Rashad Bateman, and 
Rashad Bateman's at the exact same ownership, so it's not like everybody's going on Bateman either. So, and I believe yeah, Bateman's coming in at four K, so I get people want to save salary, but um, Sammy Watkins is coming back this week too, and Watkins was playing that X role when he got injured. It was about when Bateman was coming back. Bateman filled in, so no one really knows how Baltimore is going to handle the receivers other than Marquise Brown as the alpha. That's all we do know. So that is really surprising to me that his ownership is that low. Yeah, I'll hit the lock button on him too. Um, T. Higgins, 5,300. He's just been underpriced all year for the targets he gets. One of these games, he's going to go off. He's coming in at 20% ownership, and they have 25 implied team points. So, yeah, anybody over 24 is a good offense that week. So, yeah, T. Higgins is going to be someone we'll be playing. Brandon Cook, 6,100. That Houston-Miami game. Cooks is really all Houston has. And I feel bad for the dude for not getting traded before the deadline. Would have been fun to see him playing for a team like the Chiefs or the Packers with – Aaron Rodgers, or really just literally anybody other than Houston. Yeah. Anyone that's a contender <laughs> to make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, 13% ownership, I think that's fair. I don't think just because he plays in Houston's offense, he doesn't have that slate-breaking capability mm-hmm. or ceiling. He personally has that capability. But I don't think the team is going to be able to get him there. Keep coming down. Justin Jefferson, $7,500. I think that's a fair price for him, and I think he's down a few hundred. Trying to remember from our DK salary episode a few yeah, days he, ago. Yeah, he's down a little bit. I, I think say. he's down I like 700. Like, I think he was at the 8,200 mark. Yeah. So another Baltimore-Minnesota game. He's under 5% ownership, 99% leverage rating. So that's someone I'll be playing quite a bit of too. Super high ceiling, I'd say, at 24 there, almost yeah. 25. Yeah, that's one of the top five ceilings we're going to see on this slate. Keep coming down. Boyd at 5,000 if you want to get off Chase or Higgins. But, again, with – Higgins soaking up all the targets he is. I'd rather play him at $300 more. Jalen Waddle, 5600 If you want to get cheap and play a Miami-Houston stack, I mean, Waddle, 5600 is worth consideration. You know you're going to bring him back with Cooks, and then you can get Tua for, what was it, 5800 or Terod Taylor for 5K mm-hmm. even. So I'm not touching any of that, but if you want to get really galaxy brain, really contrarian, you can get cheap there and then play the studs in the rest of the spots. Jarvis Landry, 5,100 with Odell Beckham getting traded. Um, fair price for a team's undisputed Ooh. number one wide receiver. Coming in at 18% ownership. High ownership, man. And, and honestly, I feel like that'll probably go up with this Odell Beckham news breaking. A yeah. lot of amateur players are going to see that, and they think they're going to be sharp, that they know something other people don't. And I could see him, honestly, getting steamed up to 25% ownership. I don't think that that's a great play. Um Baker, again, he has his labrum issue. He hasn't looked good this year. Got to imagine it's going to be a Nick Chubb game. So I'll let his ownership keep rising, and I'll fade him. You got Devontae Parker coming back from injury, 5,300. Um, 12% ownership, though. So that's someone that I would have liked, but I'm really surprised. At that ownership, I'm probably not going to play him. Again, if you want to play Miami Houston stack, be my guest. Now we're down Devontae Smith at 5,200. Devonta's looked good, but he's had some drops, and Jalen Hurts is more of a fantasy quarterback than a real-life quarterback. So it's a little, I don't know, too boomer bust for me unless I'm stacking him with Hurts. Jake, thoughts? Yeah, I'm not too huge on really any of the pass catchers at receiver for Philly right now. The one thing that maybe elevates him a little bit this week is Jalen Rager. I think he's going to be out. Yeah, he had a he got carted off with an ankle injury this last game. So Not sure how severe it was, but. 
if you want to do Devonta Smith, maybe a little bit more worthwhile compared to other weeks, or you could even, you know, really go down there and go for a Quiz Watkins. Mm-hmm. He'll step up now and assume a, maybe another target or two. It's hard to say. That's what's tough with the Eagles is Jalen Hurts is mobile. So on pass plays, he still likes to run it probably half the time even. Yeah. He'll get outside the pocket and just take off. Which is great for fantasy. It, I mean, it's great for cash games. It just sucks for tournaments because in a tournament, you really need to like pick the right stack or pick a stack that gets you there. Mm-hmm. And it's just so hard to pick which receiver to run it back with. We'll keep moving along here. Stephon Diggs, 7,700. Obviously, we know the ceiling that he's capable of from last year. He just hasn't done it yet. Josh Allen's not afraid to throw it to anybody on the team. But Stephon Diggs is an elite receiver. He's coming in at 13% ownership, and I believe that's because, you know, obviously the competition, they're playing Jacksonville, and he's under 8K. So that's someone that I'll have in consideration, maybe just run a skinny stack with Josh Allen and no bring back. We'll see. Uh, Mike Williams down to 7,100. He was up in the 8K range for a while. He's back down to earth, just, you know, along with Justin Herbert. But with Philly running that zone defense, I think this really could be a Mike Williams game. Yeah, I feel like Mike Williams, this is the day that he kind of gets back on track. Lately, they've been playing the defenses that have ran man-to-man, I think, the past couple weeks. And Mike Williams, if you look at the stats, he has a lot more success when uh, the defense is playing zone. Mm-hmm. And Herbert has been feeding him nonstop. Yep. when they play defenses in that zone coverage. Absolutely. Coming in at 4% ownership. He's got a 98% leverage rating, so definitely someone you should be on this week. C.D. Lamb, very similar, 98% leverage rating, $7,200. Um, again, a, you know, they're projected 30 points, so you got to figure out who's going to get those points, and it could certainly be C.D. Lamb. He's got high potential. 24-point ceiling, that's one of the higher ceilings we'll see on the slate. Below him, Jamar Chase, 7,600. Eight and a half percent ownership. So they just keep raising his price and people keep playing him. I love it. 25 point ceiling. I believe that's the second highest behind Tyreek Hill on the slate. Um, playing Cleveland division rival. I don't know. I'm not afraid to play him. No, I'm like Cleveland. They have some injuries in the secondary. I believe Denzel Ward is still out their best corner. So I have no problem with playing Jamar Chase this week. He's still on that hot, hot touchdown streak. The mm-hmm. guy just can't stop scoring. Yeah. Love to see that. And that's a stackable game for me. You know, you're looking at that 48-point over-under right around there. You got Jamar Chase at 7,600. You could get T. Higgins at 5,300. Joe Burrow, I believe he's under 7K this week. And then you can run it back with Nick Chubb, who was one of the highest-rated running backs in the model this week. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to look at the uh, projected ceiling for that sort of stack. But I, I think they're all fair prices, all fair ownership. And if it allows you to get some of those, you know, Amari Coopers, um, I don't know who else would really pop out, like Aaron Jones, plays like that, to have those high ceilings, I don't know, I think it's uh, worth looking at. Keep coming down, Keenan Allen, we talked about how we're high on Mike Williams this week, but Keenan Allen has that high floor, playing in the slot, no one can guard him. So he might not have a 40-point game, but he's always good for 15, you know, 15-point floor. Coming in at just under 10% ownership. Keep going down. Nothing really jumping out. We got Jacoby Myers for the Patriots. Maybe he'll finally get in the end zone. Brian Edwards, Las Vegas. 4,100 with Henry Ruggs out. Edwards is already on the field the whole time. So I just, I don't know. I'm not really that high on him. I got a feeling his ownership is going to keep creeping up because of the Ruggs news. But I don't know if his usage is necessarily going to increase. Yeah, I feel the same way. I don't think his usage will change much at all. 
like I was saying earlier, they'll insert Zay Jones and Zay Jones will just fill the role that Ruggs, you know. Yeah, I completely doing, agree. So. Yeah, so with Edwards, that's someone I'd rather see it before I play him. You know, when it comes to those rookies like Javante Williams, when they get below 5K, it's like, yeah, I might play him. I might throw him in because mm-hmm. this might be the game that he busts out. But with a Brian Edwards where he's been on the field all year and hasn't got it done, I, yeah, I'm not going to fall for it. It's a trap. Uh, Jake mentioned Bateman coming in at 4K. Baltimore, Minnesota. Sammy Watkins is back, I believe. So I'm probably going to fade Bateman, especially if he's at that you know, same ownership as Marquise Brown. I'll just play Brown. And then down, these are some names we recognize. Debo Samuel, Adam Thielen, high ceiling guys um, on teams with narrow target trees. Debo's up to 7,800, but he's really all they got. 15% ownership, even at that price. Mm-hmm. I believe Kittle's coming back this week, but I think they're going to use Kittle as more of a blocking tight end. Yeah, and for this one, too, I mean, I feel like the score is going to be tight the whole time. So they're going to be wanting to get some points up on that board, and Jimmy G loves Debo. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, you know, Kittle will be when he comes back. I feel like what you're saying, he'll probably be used more in the running game. They'll use him to block a lot more because even with him out, we've been seeing the backup not do a whole lot. Like, do do Welly? Yeah, Dwelly. Dwelly, I'll say. He, he hasn't done anything. I mean, so I don't think that role will change a whole lot. Kittle maybe, you know, gets a few more targets here and there, but he's not going to do anything crazy with them, like downfield. Mm-hmm. Debo's their deep threat guy, so. Yeah, it seems like the offense has changed since that year that Kittle had, I believe it was 1,400 receiving yards. He set the single-season record for a tight end. But they didn't really have any receivers. Now they have Debo. They drafted Ayuk in the first round. They're really relying on the running game, so – I'm really not afraid of Kittle eating into Debo's targets. Now, Debo has dropped in the rating probably because of that and this 15% ownership, but I still think he's a viable play. Ownership might scare me away more than anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about the price, and I believe in the talent. Then you got Adam Thielen here, 6,900. Again, in that Minnesota-Baltimore game, so that's a way you could get off of Justin Jefferson. Thielen's coming in at only 1.7% ownership. And if he catches two touchdowns and, you know, gets you 100 yards, gets you that 100-yard bonus, that could be the play that wins it for you. Um, we'll kind of sort by ceiling. I think we nailed everybody. Nothing really jumping out here. Plus, minus, anybody jumping out here. Renfro Wiggins, Cooper, we've already talked about all them. Yeah. yeah. I'm not seeing any names that we haven't already gone over. So that'll do it for wide receivers. Let's take a look at tight ends. So here we are at tight end. Nothing really surprising here at the top. We got five guys on a tier all by themselves. Dallas Goddard, Travis Kelsey, Tyler Conklin, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews. So Conklin is a surprising name there in that mix. He's coming in at 3K. Again, Minnesota-Baltimore game. Got to imagine that's why. Otherwise, those other four that I rattled off, I mean, that's just every week. That's going to be your top four tight ends. Might mix Kyle Pitts in every now and then, and we'll see what happens with Kittle's return, but those are your locked-in tight ends. Jake, what are your thoughts on these guys here? Yeah, I really like all those guys. I mean, the guy that's the most elite by far is Kelsey. We can see there his ceilings at 23. No one's really even coming close to that besides Waller, and that's if Waller plays. Say he's at 20. Mark Andrews, I guess, he's right below 20. But I feel like Kelsey, he's going to be a great option there in Kansas City. He's super cheap again for his – for his uh, talent level, I mean, he's at 7K. 
Really like him with that ownership too. He would be a big leverage spot for you coming in at 5.9 there where it looks like everybody else is pretty high on these other guys that you just named. So, Yeah, someone must have listened to our podcast earlier in the week because we mentioned how cheap Kelsey was and just assumed that his ownership was going to be through the roof. So we said that we'll probably be playing Darren Waller at 6,200 because we know what kind of ceiling he has. But looking at the ownership here, Kelsey's at 6%. Waller's over 18%. So, yeah, I'm going to be playing Kelsey. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's the cheapest he'll ever be. Goddard coming in at 4,500 with Ertz out of town and Jalen Rager, you know, seemingly out this week. They're playing against the Chargers, which should turn into a high-scoring game, a pace-up game. So $4,500 for a pass-catching tight end and potentially his quarterback's number one receiving target. There's a reason he's number one in the, the model here. Conklin at 3K. Um, I love pairing quarterbacks with tight ends in stacks. So if I do any Kirk Cousins stacks, you know, Jefferson and Conklin makes sense mm-hmm. at that price especially. He's coming in at 10% ownership, so he'll be popular in cash games. Darren Waller, we already talked about him. And then Mark Andrews in that Baltimore-Minnesota game. 5500 more than fair price for someone with a 20-point ceiling. Coming in at 10% ownership. Also very easy. Stack Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, and or Mark Andrews. And then pick your favorite Viking. Keep coming down. Dalton Schultz, 4800 Just under a 17-point ceiling and under 8% ownership. Playing Denver. Again, 30 points uh, implied team total. Someone's got to score him. Dalton Schultz might find himself in the end zone. That would return value. Jared Cook, I mentioned him earlier, $3,300. Another tight end that you could stack with Herbert, run it back with Goddard or Devontae Smith. Um, Yeah, stackable piece there. Cheap price. Cook, I heard last week uh, him and Parnum almost were at a 50% split on uh, plays. So I want to steer more away from Jared Cook, but he is definitely a, a stackable tight end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have to look at a little more usage, but he is popping in the ratings here, and he's been a pass-catching tight end his whole career. So, yeah, I guess I hadn't seen that stat. It's interesting, though, worth noting. Kaseki, 4,900. Playing Houston, they're projected 26 points. He's basically a receiver with tight end eligibility, always worth consideration. Dan Arnold down here at 3,400. So I guess if you are worried about Jared Cook's usage, you could – pay $100 to get Dan Arnold, who has been seeing really good usage in Jacksonville since he got traded. He's got a 12-point ceiling, just under 10% ownership. Should be a good cash game play. Now, here's an interesting one. Alex O in Denver, coming back from injury, 2,600. I believe Noah Fant is going to be out because he's on the COVID list. Oh, okay. And if you remember earlier in the year, Alex O was playing more of the pass-catching tight end role in the offense. Fant was a little frustrated because he was being relegated to blocking duties. Well, with Fant not even in the mix at all, you know, i got to imagine he's going to be a popular play, and sure enough, he's coming in at 32% ownership. So Alex O is going to be the cash game tight end of the week. They got him at an 11-point ceiling um, and a really great plus-minus score here, too, of 3.1. So, yeah, that's someone we'll be playing. Keep coming down. Kyle Pitts, 5,900. He's really all they got. Now, Atlanta's playing at New Orleans. He's playing on the outside. They put might put uh, Marshawn Lattimore on him, seeing as how he runs routes like a receiver. So 18-point ceiling, under 4% ownership. I guess because of those two things, I might play him. But 
New Orleans, I do not believe, is a favorable matchup, contrary to what your tight end matchup rankings will tell you. Any thoughts on these guys? Pitts, I say, I feel like him, always a good pick right now. Kind of what we were saying with Gusecki, like he's a receiver priced as a tight end. So I like him in this matchup because they just don't have options. I mean, it's him or CPAT. So Alberto, I didn't know Noah Fant was out with COVID. So, yeah, that makes that really appealing. But like you said, ownership is extremely high. So really only a guy you can play in catch. If you did play him in a tournament – you better be playing, like, a couple guys that are under 5% owned then. Yeah, that's normally my feelings, too. But the other week, um, you know, Dan Arnold, mm-hmm. when Dan Arnold was about the same ownership, I faded him in all my tournament lineups, and he ended up scoring 14 points, getting 4x return. And, you know, when you think about it, those are kind of the plays that you need, right? You don't want to get cute when you have a guaranteed 4x play. When you get a tight end at 2600 that he only needs to score, I mean, what is that, like 11 points? Mm-hmm. And he's a 4X play, 5X play. So I get where you're coming from. I get that process. But after the other week, I kind of see that through a different lens now. I'm not afraid to play him. But to Jake's point, you will need to get creative in other areas. You can't play a Lamar Jackson and Amari Cooper and Alex O and whoever who's the highest on running back. I already, you know, I don't remember, but I think there was someone at – 25-plus percent ownership. Yeah, Zeke. You can't play all of the most heavily owned players in a tournament and expect to win. But a tight end at 2,600, yeah, go for it. Otherwise, again, I I wouldn't mind getting up to Kelsey at 7K just with his ceiling. So those are probably my two favorite plays this week. Mm -hmm. No one else is really jumping out at me here. Anybody you want to talk about while we're on it? No. Not a fan of really anyone there. Yeah. Let's just see here. Ceilings. There's anybody we didn't talk about. No, all those high ceiling guys we mentioned. Kittle coming back from injury. Ertz, 4,700 in Arizona. He's getting more acclimated into the offense. Might catch a touchdown. You know, they might use him in creative ways. They do like him in the red zone. Yeah, that's about it. So, all right. That does it for tight ends. Now, we're going to do everybody's favorite part. And we are going to build ourselves a cash lineup. For the $25 massive double up. We'll uh, throw this into that tournament, or not tournament, but that contest. We'll see how it plays out Sunday, and then I'll be doing the recap solo, either Sunday night or Monday morning. We'll see how that goes. So we're going to start things off. I got a quarterback here. We're going to sort by projected ownership. Jake, let's kick things off. Who you want as the quarterback? Give me, give me Lamar Jackson. Lamar, I like it. I thought you were going to be going with your boy, Jalen Hurts, but I like Lamar. All right, let's take a look here. We'll come over to Flex. We'll start there, see what we got. So, yeah, with Alex O coming into that 32% ownership, only $2,600 tight end. It's a great little tight end punt. We'll get him out of the way. Dig it. Uh, next up, Zeke. Got to go with him, I feel like, this week. Love it. Yep. We've kind of already talked about these guys, so we might just run through it. Hunter Enfro, like I was saying before, he's got that double-digit floor coming in at 4800 we're going to make this real easy. We're just going right down the list. Um, let's see. Next guy. And if you let's... want me to sort by position, let me know. We can go see. No, I'm cool with flex. I don't mind this. Okay. Let's switch it up there with the running back. I know we were talking about Chubb, but I think I would like to go with Eckler. Eckler coming in at 7,900, so he's about 1,200 more than Chubb. 
but with Alex O, we should be able to afford it. Um, Eckler at 7,800 is going to force us to get cheap elsewhere. That ain't no problem. I think I'm going to go with T. Higgins again for third week in a row. One of these weeks, he's going to do it for us. He shall get it done. Um, I guess now if you want to go to, let's see. Tight end. Yeah, let's do tight end. I'll do tight end here. Well, we have Alex O as our tight oh, end. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Receiver. Check out receiver here. Yeah, let's say, what do we have? Average remaining five. Um, let's see. Let's, uh, let's do defense quick. Okay. Because then that'll give us a better idea. So defense, um, let's sort by leverage rating over here. And I was like keeping it above that 40% threshold. So. New England. I see. Man. Yeah, 4,100. Okay, actually, we're going to go back by rating again, but we're going to keep <laughs> leverage in mind. So, really, any of these top defenses here would work. I Kansas like City, 2,300. They're going to be the chalk, so I'm going to fade them. We're not going to play them at 28. Yeah, I like the next one up there, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas to Denver, 3,300. A little pricier, but that's kind of that range that we like. Just trying to see if there's anybody else that... Vegas, I could see. Las Vegas at the Giants. Yeah, I like that. Daniel Jones has been turnover prone over the years. Under 8% ownership. I'm going to plug them in for now. Okay. Come back to receiver. 6,100 remaining. What you got? Oh, I mean, we're going Jarvis Landry if it's my pick. He's 5,100 with the salary that we're kind of limited to. I think that's what we have to do at this point. Okay. So we'll get Jarvis Landry plugged in. Put the juice in. 5,100, playing at Cincinnati with Odell out, and that gives us 7,100 left over for our flex. Come Go by here. salary. Well, it's going to go by projection, projected points. But, yeah, let's go by salary, right? That's a good call. 7,100, we got Mixon, Zeke, Kelsey, Chubb at 6,700. We might end up with Chubb again. Good Chubb. We could get Chubb, and then we could get up to that $3,300 defense, I believe. Yeah, we could go with Denver then. Should we do that? Let's lock that in. It's a little slow today. Trying to get out of this here. All right, and then we'll get up to Denver. Uh, Dallas. Dallas at Denver, good call. Much better. All right, we're gonna get this lineup saved. Fantasy Bros. Save that lineup. I'll make sure that I enter that into the massive $25 double up on Sunday. We'll do the review. Jake, you got any parting words for the people? Can't wait to see the cheddar there. Thanks for hanging with the bros. That's right. Make sure you guys like the video, subscribe to the page, smash the notification bell. We'll let you know whenever there's new content up. And that's going to do it. Everybody have a good weekend. Good luck on the main slate. Go get them.